Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. We're going to talk about how do you know, okay? So how can we figure out answers to the crucial questions that we continually have when it comes to this kind of thing? And, of course, that is what the conversation and consultation is all about. So 515-226-1500 is how you make it happen. Get on the calendar. You come in for a review and a chat over your unique situation. Or you go by the website, a lot of good tools, tips, and resources. You can contact them there and set up a time that way. Lots of easy ways to get things done, so that's how you know, and we're going to talk about that. 515-226-1500. Again, 515-226-1500. No cost, no obligation. Talk with Eric and his team at Peterson Financial Group, serving you right here in the Iowa area. They are Iowa's retirement specialists. So, Eric, how can somebody figure out some answers to these crucial questions? So, I'm going to lay them out. You hit us up with what you got. All right. How do we know how much income we're going to need in retirement? Well, Mark, the really simple answer to that question is come in for the retirement readiness review. <laughs> right. Right? Pretty easy. Hey, okay. I need to pick up the phone. No, but but if, if you, if you you know, for the sake of the show, you want to give let you know the methods that we will use and what you should use if you're trying to, you know, figure this out. Right, so, right. Instead of looking at how much I have to save to get to retirement, you really want to look about the income that you're going to need. So what you want to do is write down what you spend. Right. I mean, just look at that. Um, easiest way to kind of gather what you're spending is to go through a year of bank statements. Right. Because most of the time you're going to pay everything through your bank account, your checking account. Now, you may put everything on a credit card to get miles or mm-hmm. points or something like that. But and it may, you have a lot of stuff that's kind of auto debited. That's the reason why people don't change banks that much anymore, because changing, you know, all that stuff being oh, connected. Such right. A pain. Just a, yeah. Yeah. So you have that stuff flowing through there. And then you want to, you know, take out any large purchases you may have done throughout that year. You know, maybe you installed solar panels or maybe you bought a new vehicle or a new furnace, something like that. And so that's going to basically be what your income is, what you're spending. Well, you're talking about the B word there, Eric, and people just cringe at the budget. They don't want to think about doing a budget, you know, but it is important if you need, if you're trying to plan how much income you're going to need, you kind of know what you're spending. I mean, it's pretty simple. Because this stage in life, budgeting is different than when you were younger. When right, you were younger, budgeting was like, okay, yeah. where can you save some money to put towards retirement? Well, we're looking I got to buy is, diapers hey, or whatever, you know. <laughs> well, no, or, or don't you know? Don't go to Starbucks, brew your own coffee, and that'll save you, you know, twenty dollars a week, and sure. that twenty dollars a week compounded over time will equal this. I mean, that's that's what a lot of people are thinking. They're thinking, okay, you're going to tell me where I got a scrimp. And I'm looking at this, going, no, tell me what you're spending, and we'll see if your plan will support that. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to spend, and then you also want to add in, you know, the fun stuff. Don't forget the fun stuff you want to add in. Hey, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be, you know, doing some things, um, making improvements around the house. So put in some line items for that as well. But you know you're not going to travel all years of retirement. You may travel, you know, hot and heavy for maybe 10 or 15 years during retirement, something like that. So come up with an amount and then got to add inflation to that because it's going to cause that to go up. And that's where you'll determine how much income you're going to need. Yeah. Then you start subtracting stuff that you have coming in. You got Social Security, 
subtract that. You may have a pension, subtract that. You might have income coming in from maybe you got a rental, maybe you have a farm, something like that. Subtract that. And then the difference, the gap is what you is what you have. And then think about, hey, maybe I'll fill this gap through. Maybe I'm going to plan on working a little bit because I enjoy, you know, doing something, being out there with people. And, you know, that might generate, you know, $1,000 a month, something like that. Or if I just want to rely on my retirement assets, then this is how much I got to take off of those retirement assets. But go through a, a quasi budget, but just figure out what you're spending and then know some stuff's going to come down like stuff, community expenses, that kind of stuff, but maybe just replace those with travel expenses and, and that'll tell you how much you need to, you need for income. Yeah. Well, you know, we can call it a spending plan and then it's got a little sexier ring to it. Oh, than there the budget. You go, yeah. yeah. It's a spending <laughs> plan, not a budget. All right. So, uh, this one, there's some pretty standard answers out there. How much do we, how much money should we have in our savings account? Typically we get the emergency fund answer, right? Right. And the rule of thumb, you know, it's always been six months of expenses. And that was in case you lost your job, right? Or in case, uh, let's say you're working for a company that goes on strike, right? So you got some money to weather that storm. Yeah. In retirement, it's different because you have access to almost all of your money in retirement. So I go through this um, scenario when we have reviews with clients and because we have all their assets listed in the, in the uh, retirement planning software. And I just ask them, say, so how much of this money up here is liquid? And they look at those and they go, okay, the bank, they add up the bank, the checking account, those types of things. And then I go in and I start highlighting, well, this account's liquid, this account's liquid, this account's liquid. And like, what do you mean? It's like, well, it, it's a difference of liquidity. What, what's liquidity to you versus me? Liquidity to you, it might be I walk into a, a building, i.e. a bank or credit union, I walk out with a check. My definition of liquidity is that you call and you can have a check within a week. So if you're okay with my definition of liquidity, then all these accounts are liquid. Now, I didn't talk anything about taxes or risk. I just said, hey, you can get access to this money. So it opens up their eyes a little bit. And they go, oh, I don't have to keep as much in the bank because if something goes sideways, I can get this money. And think about what are the things that really require large sums of money. There's not a whole lot out there that you don't need money within a week. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I get $100,000, right? right? What kind of emergency do you have for hundred grand? Yeah. yeah. Um, not a whole lot of people being held hostage. Um, <laughs> so that's the only thing I can really think of. You know, you got to have the money by, you know, 3 o'clock tomorrow or something happens. You know, if it's if it's something like, you know, the roof blows off and or my home gets destroyed, right? There's there's going to be some time where you can get, you know, we can get that money to you. Yeah, so true. Yeah, the retirement's a little bit different than how much to keep in your savings account. Okay. Uh, how much how do we know how much life insurance we need to have? That's a big one. That is a big one. So again, the rule of thumb when you're first starting out is you want it usually four times your income okay. or enough to cover Depending on what you want. You know, if you want, hey, if I die, I want my house to be paid off and I want the education for my kids funded. I need to replace the income that I'm making. So it might be 10 times is what I need or, you know, a dollar figure. Now, usually insurance companies won't write policies unless you go through special underwriting unless it's four times your net worth. So let's say you have a million dollars net worth and you're trying to buy a $10 million life insurance policy. That's going to send up some flags and they're going to say, okay, why do you to feel justified like you need $10 million because they don't want to make life insurance is not intended to create these huge estates. It's intended to help with the burden of somebody dying. That's why it maintains its tax-free nature. And so four times your net worth is what they typically will limit it to without special underwriting. But you can't leave people too much tax-free money, right? So life insurance is the one tool that'll do exactly what you want to do when you need it to do it. It'll provide tax-free money to your family, to your heirs when you die. So how much do they need? Depends on your plan. Depends on what you have going on. So, and it depends on what you can afford. Because remember, you yeah, buy insurance, yeah. 
you're writing the check. But what I find is when people get to retirement, they think they don't need life insurance anymore. And I agree with that statement in that you don't need it for the original reasons you bought it, right? Mm -hmm. Kids are out of the house, house is paid off, I got retirement assets. Okay, great. But if you look at what's only, what three things are tax-free, it's Roth accounts, it's interest on municipal bonds, and it's life insurance. So now you're looking at it from a tax angle. Hey, can I modify the policy? Can I keep it in force? Can I lower the amount I'm putting in to keep it alive so that I can pass this tax-free money on to people I care about, whether it be my spouse or my kids or whoever you want to pass it to, okay? So now it becomes a tax arbitrage, not necessarily the amount of coverage that I need. Well, and a lot of times, you know, Again, we could be a, a smart aleck and, and answer a retirement readiness review for every single one of these. But, you know, it's like, okay, we, we got to know how much income. We've got to figure out the life insurance. You know, the, the emergency fund is good. Uh, we talked a little bit about risk and stuff earlier. But, you know, how, how can we – like often we hear things like rules of thumb. So if we're just sitting there listening, well, we're just kind of do a quick – math in our head, we'll hear somebody say, well, the rule of 100, Eric, says that's how you figure out your risk. So if you're 60, you should have 60% safe, 40% at risk. And that's fine for a quick rule of thumb, but that's really not going to tell you the real story because everybody's going to be a bit different there, right? Right. So case in point, you know, I had somebody came in and they did their own spreadsheet and, you know, they said, okay, well, I if I make a 7% return, I'll have all the money. I cannot, I cannot live my money. I'll be fine. I was like, okay, seven percent like year over year and forever. Yeah, seven percent like a like a compounded rate of return, kind of like a CD. Okay. I was like, well, that, that's that, that's good. I'm 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 sure your plan will work at seven. Most plans we see for people work at around five percent. So seven percent would be great. However, returns in the stock market, and they were all in the stock market, are not linear. They don't go up seven percent a year. Now, the long term average may be seven percent, maybe eight percent, something like that. But you have years where it's up twenty percent, and years it's down twenty percent, right? So. What I did is I built them into our system, and I said, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to stress test it, which means I'm going to take your money with the withdrawals that you're taking out through a 10-year period like we went through in 2000. So from 2000 to 2010, and now let's see how that works. So 7% on one side, the year 2000, 2001, 2002, and all the years in between, and then 2008. And with the right side, it was a huge disparity, and they actually ran out of money after that. Oh, eye-opening to them. So how much risk you should take depends on how much income that you need. So that rule of thumb you mentioned, the rule of 100 is a starting point for conversation. It really depends on how much you need to pull out. If you need to pull out a high amount of money out of your high percentage, out of your investments to maintain your standard of living, you can't take as much risk as somebody that doesn't need to take as much out, right? So if you have to pull out five, six, seven percent off your portfolio, that's going to be challenging to have it in the market, at least all of it in the market. Right. If you only take two or three percent, you could take more risk than somebody that doesn't need to take that or can take out more. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting kind of tongue twisted here, but <laughs> but the answer is the retirement risk review will point that out to us: how much risk you actually take, and then also what your risk tolerance is. So, do you really know what your risk tolerance is? Because I guarantee that your definition of moderate way different than Wall Street's definition of moderate. So, the way we combat that here, Peterson Financial Group, is we go through a thing called Riskalyze. It's based on behavioral analytics. So, when you come in and answer questions, it's going to score you from one to ninety-nine. And then we know your portfolio the next time. So let's say you go through that and you're a 54. We do your portfolio. It comes back at 75. Well, it's easy to say, hey, those things don't match, right? So that's mm-hmm. one of the things about the retirement readiness review. It will help unveil, reveal to you what your risk tolerance is, how much risk you have in your current portfolio, talk about how much income you're going to need, what the percentage you're going to pull off your portfolio, and then stress test it. That's the key one to go through the rates of return like we've had in the past and see if your portfolio can withstand that. 
And then also what rate of return you need to earn to make your plan work. That's the big one. Because if your plan works at a lower rate of return, you have options for diversification. You can put some money in some safer things, still have money opportunistic. We still believe in the market. We still have a lot of our clients' money in the market, but we also have a lot of it protected in these safer, smarter accounts to pull their income from. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk in including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.